Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hello, Hofflings! <laughs> Welcome to the show. I am Jasper William Cartwright. And I'm joined, as always, by... Luyando Onati Lewis Nyao, but everybody calls me Onati. Yeah. And... Jeremy Cobb, but my mother, on occasion, calls me Tiggy. This is actually a and compound nickname, I should say. Uh, it's a compound of Tiger Man. So she takes, which is another nickname that I have. So she takes Tiger Man mm. and shortens it further to Tiggy. Love it. I love, Tiggy. love it. Love it. Love That's it. Uh, we are so thrilled to have an absolute OG of TTRPGs turning up today. Like a boss. This mm-hmm. the CV. Of this man is one of the best things I've seen. B Day Walters, how are you doing today? You are not delicious! Listen to us talk about fat art in episode three. <laughs> Let's make them even more black. Oh my god! Vandal in the broom! Lending, lending, teachable moment. Yeah. Full prince vibe? Woof. Is this the wrong dungeon and the wrong dragon? <laughs> That's disgusting, and I love it. We're about to get into something real big now. <laughs> In my language, we would say, Ngalagata. Ngalagata, how are you doing today, Unjan? Uh, I'm great. Also, I'm just, like, waving and doing all these physical things for the camera, even though they very clearly told me this was audio only. I'm just, I worked really hard on this halfling cosplay, though. Like, I mean, these are beats, you know, these little waistcoats. And it it's just, amazing. It's incredible. Yeah, this lumber spread in the it, background. It, it's true. I mean, at least you guys get to enjoy it, though. You know, I, yeah, I, I, yeah. I, miss, I, I, miss, I misread the instructions. Yeah. No, hey, hey everybody. That's, yeah. thanks, thank you. Thank you all for having me. No, yeah. thank you so much for being here. We are honestly thrilled. Like, this has been, like, on the cards for ages. We're like, hey, should we, are we big enough to ask B-Day? Should, should, should we ask do that? that? Like, like, can, can we, can we do can that? Like, it? And then, and then he just turned up on Twitter and was like, hey, look, if the people need me, I'm here. And I was like, yes, let's <laughs> do it. <laughs> the people want it. Yeah, I, I know. I appreciate that. Hey, look, when, when, when people invite me for stuff, I don't, I don't get into that, like, oh, how big's your audience? You know, I'm like, look, yeah. if, if, if you want to talk to me, I, I want to talk to you. And, and if, I help you guys grow. Fantastic. If, uh, or otherwise, we're just gonna have a have a nice chat, you know. So yeah. I got I got love for the people and I, and yeah. and respect for you guys for making this happen. Yeah, and uh, just thrilled. Um, it, it would be baffling to me if you do not know who B Dave is, but uh, I am so excited to uh, get to talk to you today about some content creation, uh, like kind of really specifically. Uh, all three of us here are DMs. We yeah. uh, we homebrew, we run modules, etc. Um, and um, me and sort of Jeremy very specifically like are obsessed with world building, which is like hey, something of your me. MO. It's, you do some amazing stuff. I've started uh, world building now. Yeah. 
yet. You know, it's not yet. Yeah. In fact, Anna is growing, guys, and it's out yeah, of my hands now. It's out of control. <laughs> exactly. That is how it works. Um, so the first thing we wanted to throw over to you, Dev, was just that uh, with all of the incredible things that you have made um, and the, like, honestly fascinating worlds, uh, I just wondered where do where does the inspiration start with the new projects? Like, maybe, like, now it's, like, people probably come to you and, like, please, B-Dev, work on this. But, like, what is it, especially at the beginning, like, when you first started, like, what is it that really got your juices flowing for, like, a new setting, a new campaign, that sort of thing? It's funny because you were like, people come to you now. And I was going to be like, "Mm, they don't. Although literally yesterday that happened. So (laughs) I was like, no, actually, no, I really got Kenobi. You're my only hope. I got that yesterday. Um, um, I sent that message just for reference. I I, sent that message. You know, but it worked though. The hologram, the hologram was a nice touch. I still don't know how you did that. But um, a few different places, and and I, I will give you just uh, random examples. Uh, Dungeons and Dragons: A Dark and Wish. I wrote that comic, um, and uh, and I DM the tie-in stream. Uh, we're in season three right now. It's a transmedia products uh, project, so the stream interweaves with the events of the graphic novel. And now, what we're doing in season three is what comes after the graphic novel, because the graphic novel spoiler alert very much ends on a cliffhanger. Um, <laughs> so you're seeing in the stream what happens next. Um, cool. For that, uh, A Dark and Wish was old World of Warcraft fan fiction. It really was. Like uh, about half of those characters, three quarters of those characters were in that story. And then I just had mm-hmm. to update them slightly for uh, for A Dark and Wish and create new ones. And I won't tell you which is which. Hopefully you can't tell. Who knows? Um, I also have, um, I keep lists of ideas where i'll write just like a a, a cryptic like one sentence thing uh that i can come back to later when i have like an idea for a story or a project or something sometimes it ends up being the whole story sometimes it just ends up being an element of a story Mm -hmm. but uh, to go even deeper than that it's i have done what very few people have done which is i am published in a lot of different genres and formats. I've had TV produced. I've had films I wrote produced. I've had comics I've written produced. I have I self-published the novels um, mm. and, and do a lot of streaming content. And, and so I, I live in all of these different worlds because the main thing I understand is what makes a story a story. Um, you understand mm. what how you define a narrative and I understand story structure. So for you aspiring writers out there, you cannot put too much work into structure and comprehending the bones of a narrative. Uh, and the example I always give is there's nearly 8 billion people on Earth, but we're all made of the same thing. We have bones, heart, liver, skins, muscle, and that mm-hmm. combines in near infinite uh, varieties. When you understand how to assemble a story, th- telling a horror-themed stream versus a comedic short story really isn't that different. I mean, there are some mm-hmm. differences, of course, but it's not that different. So understand yeah. that. Um, and the, yeah. the two best books on structure, although I myself taught a class on it, um, <laughs> was um, there is a book called Save the Cat, which is a, a book about screenwriting. Oh, I love but, Save the Cat. I love Save applicable. the Cat. It's yep. my favorite book. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. And a story by Robert McKee, if you start by those two things. Mm-hmm. Now, um, specific ideas for specific stories usually starts with just like one generative idea that this would be dope if X, you know, Mm -hmm. and then I go into 
what else has to be true in order for the story to make sense. Like when I did a Theogony of Kairos, which was my first streaming series, mm. was about a uh, uh, mortals that were chosen by the gods um, to become heroes. Uh, and they were given their level 20 powers as a D and D stream. And the people I was working with at the time were really trying to make uh level zero D and D a thing. They really wanted to do that. So I was like, all right, hmm. I'll start them at level zero. Uh, and then they're just going to get their powers. But I knew if I just started them off episode one and this happened then i was going to be like well there's the bully from high school and it's like cool i vaporize him i hit him with the disintegrate yeah <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah yeah so i knew i had i have to... these near godlike powers oh, yeah. now so exactly <laughs> everybody gets magic missiled 100 yeah so yeah uh i knew i had to spend some time in their town of erlepness to put faces on these people so that quite frankly they would give a damn when i put them in peril and because yeah. we took the time to be in the town, to know the people, to know the baker's daughter and her father, to know the mayor, to know the bully, to know why the bully was a bully, when later the time came that they really did have all this power, I was able to have goblins attacking the town, be an existential crisis for characters that normally, like, nobody's afraid of goblins. But because mm. we set up the risk, it was able to pay off. So, mm. um Understanding yeah. the story that I was trying to tell helped me put all of the the posts in place underneath that to make it happen. And yeah. I, I mean, even as of the time of this recording, uh, we're we're doing uh, Wraith, the Oblivion, uh, where Echoes Across New York is the name of the stream. And uh, episode two is coming up tonight, and it is all about uh, what do I need to do to elicit the emotional reaction that I'm trying to elicit from these people. Um, and that guides every other decision-making story and then just yes ending them when they when they roll with it yeah yeah that was a very long answer to a simple question sorry <laughs> but a very articulate one as well a very articulate one as well <laughs> an incredibly awesome. articulate uh, point uh it, it it honestly like it really reminds me of like when i first started dming uh like i'm still now kind of like really like tangent like really in really small ways trying to retcon little mistakes i made purely yeah. because i didn't firm up that structure of the campaign before i started yeah. like and that's and i absolutely was like okay that's the problem is that i had a real idea of what i wanted and i was like ah but i've got all this stuff available to me because i'm yeah. a dm now i don't yeah. play and i can do anything yeah. yeah and so it immediately became um you know you're absolutely right like it, it, it kind of lost its way almost yeah because <laughs> it, it's it's that kid in the candy shop kind of thing right no mm -hmm. like like mm -hmm. i find like like currently like in my own campaign like i the last session that i ran um i got really excited um and i was like oh my god okay so shaka's now been saved they've done this now the big band's gonna arrive through the skies the storm's finally gonna hit them cool and then i found myself in a session where i was literally like dming six second segments between all of my party members mm -hmm. i was like this is untenable like yeah. this is not sustainable what am i doing do you know what yep. i mean well you know three things i would say maybe four uh, about DMing, because I was just having this conversation with a friend of mine yesterday, is remember the, the rules exist to facilitate the narrative, not the other way around. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, a DM's job is to elicit an emotional reaction. That's all you're there to do. Yeah. If they are laughing, if they're crying, if they're shaking their head, yes. If they're shaking their head, no. If they're yeah. terrified, if they're overjoyed, you're doing your job. Your only yeah. enemy is meh. 
you know, if they're zoning out, if they're looking at their phones, uh, you're within your rights to ban phones from the table. Yeah. And the, the way to engage people, by the way, when they start zoning out is like calling them like you do at school. What are you doing? But, you know, yeah. right now, yeah. what's your character doing? <laughs> do you know, yeah. you yeah, describe yeah, yeah, yeah. to me what's happening. You yeah, tell me what yeah. this looks like. Yeah. It is, it is yeah. a, a collaborative art. Um, I would say about the lore and the world building, because I know how easy it is to get intoxicated with world building. Oh, yeah. oh my God, it's so much fun. It's so Less much fun. is more, though. Less is more. Yeah. People yeah. people mm. think that it's like, I have to write this 6,000-year backstory. It's like, you don't, because it's not going to come up, and they don't care. They care, actually yeah. don't yeah. care. They don't yeah. care, yeah. yeah. You got to remember it, you know, a single sentence for a thousand years, the Jedi were the peacekeeper of the old Republic. Yeah. Mm. Exactly. Enough. <laughs> you know? Enough. Look at everything else that has yeah. come from that, you know? Um, yeah. It is definitely important to know from whence your world came and, and where it is going. Yeah. Uh, but that's, you know, that's, that is just um, uh, useful, useful raw material in your own mind to come up with stuff. Because, mm. you know, on Into the Motherlands, the, what we're doing now that I'm the yeah. lead developer of the game, we're developing the game and the stream in parallel. So, you know, I, I talked to Eugenio about, you know, I'm like, what do, what do you need? You need to make sure all the like the rules and things are in place um, right now for what you're trying to do. Just like what I was talking about before, knowing what you have to have. Um, yeah. uh, Jasmine uh, Bular is writing the adventure that they're playing, and she wanted them to be basically on, on a mission out in space. And I was like, dope, then I need to design the ship and the space combat rules. Yeah. Um, but by the same token, when Eugenio was coming up with stuff on the fly... To be like, well, mm-hmm. that's like this now. And I'm like, I was okay. Let me make that work. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's uh, it's it's been a very uh, organic uh, um in in collaborative thing. This, that's been a lot of fun to just see it come to life because it is a collaborative art. You are telling the story together. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. And listening to your players is like a huge thing. Because mm-hmm. uh, I think that you can go, oh, you really enjoy this. And so I can respond off of you and, yeah. and give mm-hmm. you more of that. While, and then kind of, you know, work in where I wanted to work that. Work yep. that in. Mm-hmm. I'm going to fangirl really hard right now. <laughs> I'm going to do my little fangirl really hard right now. And I'm probably going to go into like high, like high squee Nundi voice. But. <laughs> you and like oh victor temple is one of my favorite characters of all time and like i'm like i've never had like a i've, I've played vtm like a little bit but i've never had like a, a dm that was like really great at it because like vtm has its own problems first of all you're a party of people who are in different clans who don't like each other yep. so how do you even get them to work together yep. <laughs> like, yep. so like yep. I, like when you're when you're dealing in with like systems where um the game i mean obviously this is a dnd podcast but obviously it's, it's also a ttp rpg well, podcast. It, yeah, yeah. so like w- when you're working in a system let's say like call of cthulhu or vtm or whatever the case may be like how do you then find people who are like in completely separate factions how do you get them to work together even though they like hate each other with a bloodlust that is unparalleled that is one of the first of all thank you also and uh i don't know when this is going to go up but as tomorrow as of the 
time of this recording, I'm playing Victor again. The Baron oh returns tomorrow for yes! World Builders for the yes! for the one shot. I get to Yay! play Baron Victor I, Temple one more time. I love that uh, game so much. It's so good. It's time. so good. Because oh, it's also just so diverse, that table. Because for me, like, I came in and I was like, oh, this is so crazy diverse. And then I was looking like at the D&D and I was like, oh, it's also really white. But also, but like, <laughs> but, but when I came in, I was super diverse. But anyway, uh, please. You know, this uh, props yeah. to Jason Carl. He, he yeah. did that on purpose. You know, yeah. uh, he, he could have had anybody he wanted. And, and he yeah. chose he chose that group on purpose because yeah. we were supposed to hang on. I'm I'm getting I'm getting a visual aid here. Uh, yeah, we, were, we love a visual aid. We, we knew it is we a podcast, going, but yeah, we know, that's true. That's true. Actually, yeah, but we love no, a visual no, aid. Again, I told y'all. Uh, you think I would have remembered from this? unwieldy and hot halfling costume the wig no, the wig is so good it's all good we're dms um, we can describe it for the people we can yeah and hey i'm ready to take screenshots so i'm gonna tweet this i can tweet this out i'm ready behind the paywall behind the paywall you know patreon come on we knew um that that we were going to be the 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 faces of the game uh, going yeah. forward, which was wild, yeah. which is why I knew I had to play my beloved clan of kings here. Uh, which, when uh, <laughs> I've got my I got my Venture dice box for for you at home, I'm sure you're just being deafened by the dice, but can't see it. I was the very first person anywhere to have this dice the the new logo. Yeah, and um, so cool. When 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 I got it, it oh was wild because in the V5 book there yeah. is in the Venture clan section. Yeah, there is a letter to a new young Venture. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's basically it's like welcome to the clan. Yeah. And after I knew I was going to be on the show and I knew I was going to do it, I actually read it and I got really emotional about it. Uh, yeah. It's like it was written to me. Yeah. I and, love VTM. I love VTM. But, but yeah. I want to run VTM in a way that like, oh, anyway, continue. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah, no, <laughs> I'm just, I'm like, I'm nerding out really hard right now. I mean, uh, <laughs> wait, where do you actually live currently, by the way? I mean, uh, you know, in broad strokes, you to give your address, but. I, I mean, <laughs> uh, um, yeah, I, I live in London, but I'm South African and I what? like, I don't know. Yeah. Because London has fallen. It's hard times in London. <laughs> <laughs> London has fallen. Like, it's so hard. Like, and like, uh, like the D, like the GM was trying to like run us through London, and London is completely falling, and all these like families yep. hate each other. It was a mess. Yeah, it was a complete yep. mess. Yep. So hard uh, to but run. That's that's one of the yeah. geniuses of V five with the design yeah. principle, of the coteries. That was to answer that question. Mm. Of like, yeah, mm. you don't want to get along, so why do you? Yeah, um, mm. yeah, but but in in the design of Victor, I knew I yeah. wanted to play Ventru because it's my favorite clan. Yeah. Um, there was a, I'd, the first stream I'd ever done, the first time I ever played on stream ever was in a vampire one shot with Jason when I played a uh, Stu the gangrel. And so a lot of people thought I was going to be, I was going to bring Stu back. And I was like, I could play the world's best gangrel ever. And in the back of my mind, I always would be like, mm, I should have played a Ventru. So I was like, no, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm doing the plane of kings. And, and I want that's that's nobody's perfect. That's all right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the shade throw. Oh my god! <laughs> I said I play a Ventrue. Yeah. Um, Fine, man. But but, but I I knew. If I was going to represent the clan, I wanted to I wanted to show people that yeah. they could be something other than like sleazy Wall Street stockbrokers. Yeah. yeah. And as a black male in that position, yeah. I wanted to show 
black excellence in a non-criminal way. That's why right, I was yeah. so adamant mm, that like yeah. he's not a criminal. Like no, he yeah. he works mm-hmm. in hip hop. He was an athlete, but like he doesn't sell drugs. Yeah, you know he's not in prostitution. I mean, yeah. within the confines of being a vampire, he's done lots of crime now. <laughs> but yeah, he was not a criminal because I I wanted that. Yeah. I, I wanted yeah. to challenge that assumption of you know hip hop equals crime, crime. The same yeah. way I wanted to challenge the assumption that a black guy can't be a venture or can't love yeah. this game or any of that. Like even those mm. design choices were all quite conscious of what I was trying to get across to the audience. Yeah. Um, and I think I did. So I think yeah. it did. It worked. Cause like I play, I play Bruja now or, or I'm, I'm trying to like figure out how to play Malkavian. Um, but also like Malkavians are insane to play. Like they're like impossible to play because they're <sighs> insane. Um, but I play Bruja and then I try to play female Bruja who are actually incredibly honorable and down the line. Just because we're angry and we want chaos doesn't mean we don't know how to toe the line. Well, props to you with the with the proper pronunciation of Bruja, by the way. But yeah. uh, <laughs> people like Bruja, I'm like, no, that, 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 is, that isn't it. <laughs> But you know, they're they're warrior philosophers. Yeah. It is not it is not chaos for chaos sake. At least it's not supposed yeah. to, be. to be. It is yeah. supposed mm. to be, you know, transcendent change and working for a better yeah. world. Well, yeah. Um yeah, and with with the Malkavians, it's interesting to see the change in and in, in over the years where they become mm. more sympathetic of the portrayal of mental illness. That's, uh, yeah. you know, in the old editions, it was like, I'm a Malkavian. Now, them being um, different uh, yeah, comes like, across in a lot yeah, of ways. They're, they're yeah. more like neurodiverse, actually. Mm-hmm. What, it, what it does is that it's like, it's more like they just think slightly differently to you. Mm-hmm. Like they they can see something else. And I, and I really appreciate that through BT. My, my Malkavian, uh, Zool, I play um, uh, Detective Zulian Trabajo. He's, he's a police officer that's a Malkavian. Yeah. And uh, he my concept for him, and it is very difficult to get across on the stream, I must say. Yeah is even though uh, he's got, you know, his high aspects and, and can speak with animals and all of these things, yeah. he's seeing things constantly that actually aren't there. Yeah. So when he's doing his detective work, you know, like he, he'll he see, um, you know, when he sees a clue, it's like, uh, it's like the knife is glowing or like a, the ghost yeah. of the murdered person mm-hmm. is pointing it out to him. Yeah. And the reason why people don't catch on to that is the way the system works. If you roll two people roll and one potion rolls high enough, one of them might really see something that the other doesn't. Doesn't, yeah. No, he's mm. really seeing stuff that Something. isn't there. there. Yeah. <laughs> you know? like, like, he, he's uh, essentially Macbeth, like, is this a dagger I see before me? Yeah. Like, yeah. in that mm-hmm. moment, right? Mm-hmm. The answer is no. Yeah. No, it isn't, actually. No, like, no, no, it really, no, it, it no. really isn't. Definitely not. Um, no, no, it's, it's totally not. Like, my 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 Malkavian is, 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 a, is a small child who... Um, can only see fractals everywhere in time and space and like does not know whether where she is in any memory or any given point. So I'm struggling to do that in game with my D- with my GM right now. Cause he's like, Nati, you can be anywhere. I'm like, yes, but you have to figure that out. You're the GM. <laughs> I brought a character to you. Make it work. <laughs> yep. Dr. Manhattan, the Malkavian. You're right. I'm done now. I, definitely, I, yes. I, don't, I will I don't, stop talking about VTM, but yes. I just had to nerd out really hard. That, that was, I appreciate that, that was such a lovely expression of joy. I love this. Um, yeah. And also just want to like jump on the back of the fact uh, that you were keen to showcase like black excellence and black yeah. joy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause that's like a huge thing for like us and this show was that we decided like really early on, we were like, we want to come at this, even though we're talking about really hard stuff. Sometimes it makes mm-hmm. us hella angry. 
where like we really want it to be a place where people can find joy and laughter because i think uh that it's that's a, like united says perfect black is joy perfect. is valid protest yes mm-hmm. there we go just uh, being actually, black and living yeah. or, or a person of color whether you're native american whether you are you know whatever you are italians weren't actually quote unquote white for a very long time until legislature in the states so whether you're italian <laughs> whether you're spanish whatever it is poc joy like just living your life fully is valid protest the end yep 100 percent uh I'm love that so now. yeah i just wanted to just wanted to point that out because I, I really liked what you said there and um uh looping back actually to something you you'd said about working uh on into the motherlands because um i've been catching up uh i was binge watching some of it today uh what a joy and a really awesome system actually like i'm excited i'm definitely gonna have to check out the cortex system at some point because uh, mm-hmm. i love the way it works i am I honestly, when I listened to the session zero and heard you could pull skills, I was like, yes, where has this been? The amount of times I'm like, this is history and investigation. I should be able to use both. Yeah. Like, yep. yeah. The amount of times. So big fan of that. That was intentional in, in, the, in the design of the game that uh, a, a bunch of us have worked on like D&D and things of the sensitivity and, you know, trying to change the, the racial descriptions and the idea that, you know, this race is better than this race or smarter than that one or things. Um which, you know, is foundational to D&D, but also highly problematic. So we mm-hmm. wanted this system. Um, there, are, there are no attributes. There is no, mm-hmm. you know, strength, dex, con. There's skills and there's values. Uh, there's what you have learned to do and what's important to you. Uh, mm. if, if you're, you know, physically stronger, it's because you work out. That's a skill, you know. Uh, yeah. Then the the. the cultural background affects the characters in some mechanical ways but we didn't want you know you're smarter by an accident of birth um yeah. to be a, a part of the game at all yeah so. yeah yeah because that's um, just rude yeah <laughs> it's yeah. rude yeah. and and i think that on on the whole uh it's it's a very small margin of difference even mm-hmm. in like real life when you talk about things like that like physical attributes there's like Obviously, there's a certain level that someone might be able to get to, but at the same time, you're still going to have to dedicate your life to be strong. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. If you want to be an athlete, even if you've got ridiculously good genes, you still got to work so hard night and day to do that. Yeah, like like if you want to be Naruto, yeah, you got to train and run and do all of that. Mm -hmm. But like, like in my language, there's a thing that we say, um, which means like, especially for me, for a Thicky McThickums girl, like (laughs) what it translates to is that you have a body that doesn't weigh you down. I'm a thick woman, but I promise you, I will flip a table and I will, I, I will drop you. You think a, you think a linebacker can tackle you? I will tackle you, and then I will bite you in your neck. But 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 but, but that's because it's a different understanding of what like bodies can do, like culturally in in sort of Southern African cultures, like you know, um, and it's just you know, you know, in Western cultures thin lightness whatever that's really celebrated in my culture the the bigger the hips the more babies you can have (laughs) you know it's true love that um but i really wanted to ask you uh about uh into the motherlands working on into the motherlands working as a part of a incredibly diverse team uh it looks like i'm like i dream of that one day i'm like let's look at this all these beautiful people um and i just wanted to ask what your experience of that was working um uh, i'm i i'm assuming i don't necessarily know if this is the first time you've worked with all pocs um 
but I'd be interested to know if there was like a different, like if that, if, if, if there was a different quantitative experience for you or um, just what the experience has been like in, in working on it. I think this is the first time it's all POC. Um, and, you know, Cam Banks with Cortex and, you know, Adam Bradford over on the Cortex side, you know, are, are not, are not POC, but, uh, mm. but that's, um, you know, it's all props to Tanya to pass, you know, um, mm. and it's funny because you were like your dream of doing that. It, it's you are doing it. The three of you are well, POC, you know, it's, it's when, <laughs> yeah. when, when you, when you have the ability to make it happen, you know, you, you make it happen. Um, it's been great. I, I, I think it's the, we have meshed together pretty seamlessly. Uh, most of us knew each other. Tanya knew everybody. Uh, there's a handful of people <laughs> I, I've met along um, in this process. And I think the common thread that we all had between being, you know, gifted storytellers is an awareness of the fact that we had the opportunity to, again, to portray black excellence mm. in, which is rare and important um, so we, we owed it to not just the audience, but to ourselves to try and do that right. Um, that we don't get to tell our stories very often. And the fact that we're getting to is, is, is a gift and should be treated as such. Um, mm -hmm. and just that we wanted to be able to have a story that is, that is, it is black excellence free from colonialism. And it mm -hmm. was surprisingly <laughs> difficult to find a way to tell that story, um, in, 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 which is why we, we hit upon the, the concept uh, that we did with uh, Mansa Munsa and his expedition. Because the, uh, the, the first thing we knew in advance, Tanya definitely wanted to do science fiction. She wanted to do fantasy. She wanted to do science fiction. Because, mm. uh, you know, she does D&D. A lot of us do. And she loves sci-fi. So the original idea was uh, you know, people of color essentially leaving Earth to colonize another place. But I was mm -hmm. like, but if all of us got on a spaceship tomorrow, we're bringing some certain stuff with us. Yeah. So, yes. you know. Yeah. That's going to be baggage. We, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it just is. You know, it's been 400 yeah. years. Oh, just so. some recipes, you know. Exactly. You know, it's true. At least. You know, um, some bomb catfish. Uh, yeah. And, and, <laughs> but, but as we um, started looking back and back and back and back and back, you know, we came upon, uh, the, hit upon the idea of, you know, Mansa Munsa, the, the, not just the richest man at the time, the richest man in history. history yeah. did send a fleet yeah, west to yeah. the New World. Yeah. Uh, the, the historical record, they never arrived. Personally, I think they arrived and became the Olmecs, but that's a whole different, uh, yeah. different conversation. <laughs> but at yeah. least this happened. So that was an easy opportunity to have an inciting incident of the mechanism by which they ended up uh, on Musalia will be revealed in due time. But it's like, mm. but here's some people that had, you know, culture and experience and wealth and resources and were explorers that have now been put in a completely different environment. Now jump ahead 2000 years after that mm. and mm. action, you know, um, yeah. what does that world look like? Yeah. Um, and uh, to, to, to go back to the world building thing of it, um, this was one of the first conversations I kind of had to have with everybody because they were turning in this voluminous lore. And I'm like, no, stop. Mm. Ask yourself what's going to be on the screen in season one and then work backwards. You know, sure. uh, I'm like, if we have a culture, great. Do they have a religion? Cool. What's that God's name? Fine. You know, but yeah. we, we don't need to know about, you know, the 
Tyr put his hand in Fenris's mouth just yet, you know, unless <laughs> yeah. that is completely relevant to this To the right actual now. action, yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah. otherwise you have it in the backdrop because you give yourself room to make choices and yeah. you give the players room to make choices. If one of them is a religious person and they just decide to be like, well, you know, here's the creation myth and they come off the dome with it, then you're like, cool, that's a beautiful thing that now we've built together mm, versus yeah. something I threw at you or did to you. And this no. isn't this isn't a knock to lore. I mean, I'm on a lore show every Monday on Idol Champions yeah. where we talk about D&D lore. But mm. um, it, it is it is good when it can grow up organically and then becomes um, a product of what the narrative is demanding to achieve completion. Yeah. Uh, rather than simply a thought exercise. Yeah. I think that's really, really exciting because, but like, but you and I, Jasper, we did BA acting CDT and like, those yeah. are like the, like the main tenants of the course is that like collaboratively, like what you can make, what you can dream up in your room on your own, like in your private, like nerd space could be really fucking cool. Cool. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, Tolkien may have done it, whatever. Um, but what you can make together with like a collaborative collective mind will mm-hmm. be so much better. Four minds mm-hmm. are better than one. 10 minds yeah. are better than Every one. Time. Two minds mm-hmm. are better than one. I mean, like right now I am like simping over um, Tommy Adiemi's children of blood and bone. Like, this woman, I read this book every night and it's got to the point where I can only read 50 pages because I, I want to eke the story out because it's just <laughs> so good. Like, and, you know, just experiencing magics um, from a from a perspective that isn't um, Arthur and, and, and the, and the oh, sword Merlin, and the stone or, or yeah. Merlin. Merlin like, needs to stop turning up and stuff. Dude, like, we like really, like story. I'm done, you know? <laughs> and like, but, but like, this is like super exciting because this is like, it transcends things. And also like, um, uh, um, who fears, who fears blood? No, it's not, it's not, it's not, that's not what it's called. Um, uh, God, I can't remember what the book is called now, but I will put it into the discord and I remember, but it's, um, also another really great Nigerian, um, science fiction writer's book and it was supposed to be picked up um the guy who wrote uh, game of thrones was picking it up for hbo and then that didn't go through blah, blah blah you know you know when things get optioned but um that was also just incredibly amazing and the ways that you can like explore things that people don't necessarily understand about like you know different cultures when you when you, when you put them in fantasy or sci-fi settings is really really exciting to me because then it, it it encourages a space of play and draws people into the world rather than saying Saying, um, you know, well, it, well, well, what it says is like, you know, like white people can say the word black. You can say it. I promise. Yeah. I promise. If you say the word black, we're not going to all just, you know, disintegrate like vampires in like a Joss Whedon show. You know what I mean? It's, it's going to be fine. It's going to be okay. Um, we can have that conversation. I think people underestimate how much culture influences story and influences narrative as well. It's just um, the same way language does. Like when you're saying, you know, in my language, it's this, and then you say it. People don't realize there's thoughts you can't think in some languages. Yeah, Yeah. I know. It is impossible to articulate certain concepts in certain languages. Yeah. When I try to explain the word like Like "futek" or I I try to explain like "mm" or or "mkhudu," like I can't find the English words to explain that. Oh, my Mm. favorite saying is "unengalama sende," which means 
So, which means like, which means like somebody, like a, a male bodied person who has testicles has walked up to you and is hanging your balls in their face. Now you can use that with like a dude who's like treating you badly in the office, mm-hmm. or you can use that like with a girl who's giving you a hard time. But like, I can't, I, I don't know how to describe it to somebody, but it just works so well. And when you're, when I'm around people who understand my language, they like, fall to pieces laughing like Mm. yes that's what it is but i can't find that in english i i mean all i can say is that it's 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 like boris johnson you know doing what he's doing or like you know trump it's like when somebody (laughs) when you know someone's really being fucking a complete dickhead and they what they're doing is they've taken up their bollocks and they're just waving them in front of your face and that Mm is you've taken bollocks (laughs) and you've put them on a clothing line and now you mm-hmm. want me now you want me to deal with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, tell, I literally uh, tell people, put it back in your pants, champ. Like, that's, that's <laughs> yeah. And that's the other side of it, right? Yeah. No? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. The uh, the to to go to your point, the use of culture, I think, is absolutely fascinating and in into the motherlands. Like the idea that you're uh putting it front and center and calling it culture because that's what it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um because I think that we've got into this headspace with D D where we are we substitute race and culture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh we we think that elf being an elf is your culture. That is not the case. That, no. Elves are True. different. Not every elf uh lives in Rivendell, like or yep. a version of Rivendell, you know? Like mm-hmm. it and, and and that's a big thing we talk about all the time is trying to get away from these kind of tropes. And I loved the idea that as soon as that session zero hit, it was like, oh okay we're talking about culture and that has a real impact yeah. yep. on the 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 nature of these characters and whether they choose to buy into that culture whether they go up against that culture but we we're calling it by the right by the right word and i, yeah. I love that well That's you know kept, design element. captain silent 919 uh christina's character and akimba dj's character are both the same profession yes. uh they're both they're both bio priests but it manifests sure. completely differently which is yeah. uh that's what we were after, you know. And on occasion, yeah. you know, we we fall back on some of our D and D parlances too, even when we're talking about it. Like we have to remind ourselves, we're like, it's not a class, it's a profession, you know. Yeah. It's, yes. not a, it's not yeah. a race, it's a culture. Yeah, that yeah. that really reminds me of Saga. Mm, yeah. Um, mm. Brennan, uh, B Knight. Uh, God, let me just look at my own. Uh, you mean the comics, yeah, Saga? Yeah, the comics. Yeah, Brian K. Vaughan. Mm. Um, yeah, Brian mm-hmm. K. Vaughan, like they're on my shelf. Like that reminds me of Saga with um with uh, those bounty hunters. You know, like mm. when it comes down to to culture, it is it is your lived experience, and that is far more important than what is presumed from your yep. how you look. Yeah, mm. well, mm. It, you know, it was something that was a, a a fascinating thing that I had pointed out to me a, a couple of years ago is that in extremely broad strokes. Mm-hmm. Um, the West are guilt-based cultures. Yeah. I did something wrong and I should feel bad for it. Mm. In the East are shame-based cultures. Mm. You did something bad and you made us look bad. Like you yeah. look at what mm, you're yeah. going to happen. You're, what, what will people say about your family because of Except what you cool. did? Yeah. You know? Mm. Yeah. yeah. And it's, uh, even that was an interesting concept to, yeah. to, to think about there. Um, yeah. uh, that, that it's something that goes, um, unexamined until it's pointed out to you and then you're yeah. like oh i mean that would that would alter you know how you live your whole entire life where it's yeah. like are your actions about you or your actions about yeah. everybody you know yeah. um mm-hmm. you know too good or frail because you know yeah. that comes out in some very fucked up ways sometimes like honor killings and that nonsense yeah. but yeah. there's other times that it's actually a really you know a strength yeah. but it's um 
we still need to observe. And it's, yeah. uh, that, that's true about, you know, all kinds of different people. Yeah, I mean, like in Southern Africa, sorry, I, I, I need to stop talking because it's supposed to be. You don't, though. But like, I don't know, I just, keep, I just keep chatting. Yeah. But like in South Africa, so we have what is called the culture of Ubuntu. Now, like there was this whole thing like after apartheid, whatever, and like they tried to like make this whole like massive media thing and like Ubuntu, we're all together. But actually the real cultural practice of Ubuntu is which means a person is a person because of other people. So like in a, in a Zulu or even Kosa, like those particular Nguni tribes, so, so Zulu, Kosa, like all those tribes were kind of like similar. Um, uh, what that means is that, um, if you were living in a tribe, um, and you fell on hard times and your crops were just not growing and your cattle was just not growing and you were struggling, what would, what would then happen is that either the chieftain of the village or the entire village would come together and then bring you one, um, heifer and one bull. So the, the chief would lend you a bull. Um, and the village would lend you like three or four heifers. And then you would let the whole uh, birthing season happen. And then, so after that, like all of the calves that would be born from that would then be looked after by, like, will, would then be yours. Then the chieftain would take his bull back and the main matriarch um, uh, heifer back. But you mm. now have a way to get back into society. And that's what mm. umdung umdung abandu means. Is that like no man left behind. Not mm-hmm. at any point. Um, mm-hmm. So, like for me, like when I came over to like to the West, to the UK, and I lived here, and I was like, oh, there's this like weird because I love individualism. I think it's incredible, but then there's also a part of me that's like, oh, but what about community? <laughs> like, guys, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, hang on, mm-hmm. like it's mm-hmm. individualism within community. You are a person because of other people. That's how this whole thing. Works. I, I think it's right. more valuable when you have the family you choose. You yeah, know, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. And, and I think that is one of the things the pandemic has taught us about community and in and, and, and what we mean to each other, that being separated is so painful. And a, a thing I say many times, I was talking about this in, in, in a recording earlier today, is, you know, I operate from the position that human beings are innately good. Mm-hmm. Um, you see it time and again in times of disaster, how we rally together. If, you know, a car wreck happens in front, like strength, complete strangers will run into a flaming wreck to save someone because yeah. that's who we are. Yeah. Um, individuals can be deeply twisted and evil and, you know, people make mistakes and things can happen, but, you know, in, in our hearts, you know, we are, um, good. uh, good. And even like the concept of, um, um, solitary confinement if you think about Mm. that the worst punishment we can inflict Mm. on the worst of us on the worst Mm. of us the worst thing we can do is this headgum podcast is brought to you by aura frames that is right uh from grandmothers to new mothers aunts even the friends of your life every mom loves an aura frame holy shit even aunts yes especially aunts oh well because it was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter and selected as one of Oprah's favorite things. I mean, these Aura frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. I believe it. You have an Aura frame, don't you? Yes, I actually more than believe it. I know it. Uh, I've got one for my mom, my mother-in-law, my grandmother-in-law. And dare I say your aunt? And dare you say my aunt and my aunt-in-law. 
Everyone's got one. Everyone loves them. I mean, Mother's Day is right around the corner, and there's no better gift than a digital photo frame. You give them the frame. It's got preloaded pictures in there, and you know what? You can update it with an app, so every time you take a new picture of a sweet little uh, person or place or thing in your life, it gets automatically sent to that frame. Exactly. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. Holy smokes. Excellent deal. Yeah, that's A-U-R-A Frames.com. You use the code HEADGUM at checkout to save. HEADGUM. Nice. Yes. HeadGum. It's easy to set up. It's loved by everybody, including Oprah, including your aunt. Mm-hmm. So do check them out. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use code HeadGum at checkout to save. Damn right. And terms and conditions apply, of course. Of course. Thanks again to Aura. <sighs> That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Make you be by yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, and and if if that doesn't tell you everything it needs to about this species, and you know, and in <laughs> in here in the midst of the pandemic, where you know so many of us are, do feel isolated or alone, it's the people that you cling to the tightest that you miss the most uh, shows you who it is you value and what you can and can't go without. And I yeah. would just say also, by the way, you know, if 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 there's somebody's on your mind, you poke them, say hi to them, reach out to them. You know, like there, there's mm. some there's people in this world that initiate conversations and ones that don't. don't and yeah. when you're the one that is always initiating and nobody ever says what's up to you, it feels really crappy. So, <laughs> yep. You know, yep. holler at your homies, yep. man. If, yep. if, if you got a friend you haven't talked to in the last month or two, hey, what's up? How you doing? You good? You good? Okay. All right. You know. Yeah. 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 You make somebody's yeah. date with that. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. Um. So. Uh, one thing I was really fascinated by is obviously A Darkened Wish is uh, uh, was a comic. Uh, you obviously play uh, the, the stream uh, version as well. And I was just really fascinated because um, I think that quite often um, the when you uh, craft a world, whether it be for a, uh, a TTRPG, whether it be for uh, um, a book or a comic series or whatever, that, um, that you're going through like a similar a sort of like headspace, a similar process. But I was wondering, like, m- like, is there anything that sort of like mechanically that feels really different about doing it for like a stream versus a uh, like a comic? Is there something that's different about the fact that you've got people who are going to influence that world that you can't control versus the people that you can control? Oh yeah, the, you know, in the yeah, comic. yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I mentioned before about the writing in in different formats, and at the end of the day, the difference between you know a TV script or a film script or um, a short story or novel is the amount of detail that you can include. Um, In in a novel, you have all the power in the world and all the time in the world. If if I want to spend 10 pages talking about what the wind feels like caressing your skin, I can do that. Um, (laughs) 
the and a lot of writers do. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of them do. <laughs> Namely, like, J.R.R. Like, Tolkien like, about don't, Elise. But you can, you know. Um, can we can we get up the mountain now? No, yeah, yeah, right. We'll yeah, get up no, it no, for no, like no, no, a no, no. few let's, chapters. Come let's, on. Let's go back and finish talking about the food that's on the table, George R.R. R. Martin. But yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah cool. But the other end of that is a screenplay is the far, far, far opposite of that. Mm. mountain external day Day. like you say the minimum in a screenplay because it's got to go through the mind of the director and the producers and the actors and everything and the cinematographer as well he's got to be able to to read that and be like i know what to shoot to turn in their performance um on a stream uh it's unusual because most of the time you know the characters the 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 players create their characters and the dm creates the world and you go with a darkened wish they were playing characters i created so all mm. I did was, uh, and I kind of had an idea that I wanted to do this from the earliest inception of the show. So I tried to weave in some character elements of some of my friends into them to make it easier to play. Uh, Xander sure, was yeah. actually designed to look like D'Artagnan. Uh, D'Artagnan's got two different colored eyes. So does Xander for that exact reason. Yeah, um, sweet. But um, I just wanted to make sure they knew who those characters were but give them the room to flesh that out and find their own way to like play it in a way that'd be fulfilling to them. If that made sense. Yeah. Um, That, that it would be that the comic would give them a vocabulary rather than give them constraints. And then um, I don't want to spoil the ending of the book, but here in season three, they had a lot more freedom to help define what those characters would look like. I'm like, well, after the book, you know, because X events happen, well, I very much talked to him. I'm like, what do you think they would have done after that? What do you think they would be like now? And so I think in season three, they've had way more ownership than maybe they had in season one and two. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But it, it's been, uh, it has been a very interesting process. I've been fortunate enough to see this a couple of times, uh, originally with Electropunk, um, uh, working with Jeff Womister, and then with Tess with A Darkened Wish to see something I created come to life mm-hmm. to see the the image drawn in such a way that i'm like oh that's them that's my babies that's yeah that's that's them <laughs> you know um and, and and it's kind of a lot of that feeling still seeing it come to life on the stream um mm. seeing them become fully realized three-dimensional beings uh because of what the performers have been able to bring to it and that's so much about yeah. what you said, right? Is that like, as a, as players, they're going to bring something to it and flesh out way more than probably like you ever could. Mm-hmm. Even if you spend every single day working on one character for the rest of your life, like it's still only going to be from your ex- ex- yeah. expect, like your perspective, your experiences, yep. like your lived experiences. Mm-hmm. You can't bring anything more to it than the tools that you have. Yep. So but- therefore having a player come to it um who's gonna flesh it out what what we're experiencing with wraith is uh again in vampire for those of you who aren't familiar with it um i love it so much i'm sorry (laughs) you have something in you that is called uh the beast you know that you are essentially saddled with uh that is this monstrous predator that is inside of you that Mm. can be appeased temporarily uh, it can be cajoled, it can be reasoned with, and in a couple of ways, it can even be allied with uh, yeah. if you go down the path of Golconda or some other things. Yeah. But you have this thing in you that is not you. Um, yeah. In Wraith, there is a different concept, because uh, in Wraith, you are a, a Wraith, you're a ghost. Uh, yeah. But you have something that is called the Shadow. And the Shadow is you. It's not your evil twin. It's you. It's everything mm-hmm. you ever done that you were ashamed of, that you were embarrassed of, everything you oh, hid, every mistake really you ever made. This. That's the shadow. I really want to play that. <laughs> the shadow 
is not played by the DM or the storyteller. The shadow is played by another person at the table. (gasps) So you're your character and someone else's shadow. And y'all in episode one, the shit they were saying to each other. I was like, just devastating stuff they were saying that I just never would have done. Never. Like there was so many times they're talking to each other and I literally just kind of had to like avert my eyes from the camera because I was like, okay, listen, I'm like, I'm going to put this on like stream right now. B Dave, please let me at your table because I want to live that. Like that is literally how I play all of my characters. Like, please, please let me find my dark. That would be so much fun. They just ran head long into it and they're so yes! excited to do it again tonight yes! i'm like you guys are awful and i love it yes mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. um yeah. but it, you know that 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 it's it is those opportunities to uh that was to your point about the fact that you know we're, we're constrained by our own things because when i when i designed victor I was coming off of yeah. just having done Where Life Frontier, where I played yeah. Chateau, who mm-hmm. was this loner uh, revolutionary leader yeah. who uh, ended up kind of uh, being in charge of this unruly band of misfits that wouldn't mm-hmm. listen to him even to their detriment. Yeah. So then I was like, okay, I'm a design victor. I knew I wanted to be a venture, all that stuff, as I said before. Yeah. Uh, I knew I wanted him to be having a good time. Even though Vampire is a storytelling game of personal horror, I was like, who'd really enjoy being a vampire? A nightclub promoter. Yes, so, me. Uh, I like literally me. I like things. I like Vic- being outside. I enjoy mm. the nighttime. Me. Yep. <laughs> literally me. Uh, Victor yeah. is the most me of any of these characters. They yeah. all have been parts of me, of course, but like he's the most me. Like if I became a vampire tonight in like 15, 16 years, I'd have that dude's yeah. life. So yeah. uh it very much was a counterpoint against Chateau. I was like, yeah. I don't want him to be the revolutionary leader. Yeah. I don't want mm-hmm. him to like uh you know be this uh um you know um surly person. Like he very much was Victor was not Chateau. Yeah. Then, you know, a few episodes in, saw an opportunity to shoot my shot. Turns out he's yeah. the Baron now ruling over an unruly band of misfits that don't listen even to their own detriment. Exactly. So, yeah, like <laughs> then Freely came along, my halfling. Shout out to shout out to the small folk. Yeah. Um Woo. And Freely was built to be not Victor. That I was like, okay, I'm really going to try again. He's really not going to be the leader this time. Yeah. Victor is this like visionary tactician that plays the game several moves ahead. I'm like, Freely's a halfling of action. Just face first. I'm just do it. You know, good, bad, right, and wrong. Uh, Victor's worked hard for everything. Freely was born special. Like he literally was the counterpoint to all of that. Yeah. Still ended up being a charisma character. Still ends up being the face more than I would yep. like for him to be. Well, yep. that's just because it's all you, though. Because it's right? still yeah. me. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> I, the, 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 I bumped into the parameters of who I am. So then, I, honestly, I had this exact same spirit. We did the Wagadu setting, and I was like, I'm going to make this dark, yep. moody sorcerer who's been tortured. Who's the, do you know what I mean? And I literally got two sessions in, and I was like, yay, fireball! Yep. Like, yep. Yes, it was what? just me. <laughs> um, I suppose. Uh, like, that's why, like, when I came in to do the to, to do the game with Jeremy and, like, with the Wagadu Chronicles, mm. I was like, you know what, fuck it. I just want to play Unati at, like, 100 decibels. Yes, <laughs> I'm just gonna take myself. I'm just gonna yeah, turn her all yeah. the way up. I mean, again, yeah. that's what Victor is. Yeah, and then 
when Mar when Marcide came along for yeah. for Pirates of Leviathan, um, yeah. Marcide was not freely. Uh, freely is small. I was like, I want to play a large creature. That's why he was he was a bugbear. You know, freely is this like heroic good person. I was like, I want to play a very morally gray ganker. That's why he ended up a gloomstalker. Like it all, mm. um, mm -hmm. he mm. still ended up being like calibrated to the last thing. You know, um, in pushing myself to be something else. You know, in getting to be terrible. Is Marseille the typhoon is not a good person. Uh, uh, one thing that we always do on this show, B. Dave, is we always get our guests to share a tale from the table, which is some crazy fun uh, story, something completely out there, like a moment where you just sat there and was like, what is I going mean, on? Again, besides literally all the Wraith last week. Um, <laughs> this, this, this one, this one I, I've, told, I've told before, but it still is one of the top two moments of, of my gaming experience. Uh, I, was, I was DMing a game of Pathfinder. We ran it from level one to level 20, all 10 mythic tiers. Took us about four years to, to do this game from start to finish. And there was one of the characters who, from the very beginning, said his his character was a dragon slayer. You know, at level one, nobody's slaying any dragons. But, you know, that, that was his thing. He's a dragon slayer. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so, um, I gave him fairly early uh, an arrow of slang shot for dragons, right? Um, that uh, in the Pathfinder parlance, uh, if you hit with the with the slang shot, um, they had to make a relatively simple con roll or die. That's that's how the slang shot work. It was basically Bard's Black Arrow from The Hobbit, mm -hmm. and uh, we were playing many months later, about about a year later, maybe eighteen months later. I had this whole big encounter set up where a dragon was going to attack and I had it broken down to the round, like round one, it's going to fly over in breath weapon. And then, you know, the second round it's banking and then round two breath weapon and then bank and then they're going to land. And then, you know, and I had it boom, 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 boom. Here's what's going to happen in this like massive encounter. And it starts and I described the dragon coming in and everybody running for their lives. And he's like, I'm going to shoot it with my arrow slang shot. And I'm like, huh? <laughs> what was the he's like, my, my arrow slang shot. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm oh, yeah, you do have that. Yeah, sure. Like, there's Shit. no way it's going to work. Like, yeah, okay, there's no sure. way this okay. dragon isn't going to make the save. No, it's all right. It's fine. Yeah. Okay. He rolls natural 20. Oh, my God. Oh. I roll the save one. Oh, no! Oh, and I oh, sat no. there and I looked at the dice, and it was one of those Twix time stop moments where... <laughs> oh, no! I was like, you know, it, it, this was this was one of those, you know, the, the DM, you know, you're there for them. You're there for the yeah, players. Yeah. And, yeah. and it would have been very easy to still try and preserve my encounter and, like, oh, it doesn't work, it's immune, there's a second dragon or whatever. Yeah, but I'm like, yeah, no, yeah, man, yeah. the dice said this happened. Yeah, so, the dice said, so yeah. So this one, is what happens. Minute oh, one. Man. Action one shoots the Shit. dragon out of the sky. Literally the most and epic things. Walks forward, bam, bam. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> cool. With his black arrow. Cool. Yeah, and I let him recover the black arrow too, because he's like, I always recover. Did the dragon not have legendary resistances? No, well, not in Pathfinder. That was that wasn't a mechanic in Pathfinder. I mean, number one. Oh, no. I mean, uh, but, so terrible, but amazing. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. I probably would have let him have it either way. I probably would have let him have it. 
just get yeah. your notebook and you just throw yeah. it across the room. You go, well, yeah. that is now fucking useless. Thanks. Well, <laughs> but of course, he's like, ah, and you know, that group of friends, they still remember that, you know, that's a moment. Like it, it, yeah. it, would, it could have just been one of countless boss fights we've had, or yeah. it could have been, it been something that he and I and all of us will remember for the rest of our lives. Uh, At which point yeah. you turn around and went, cool. So we're just going to chat for the next hour yeah. because I don't actually have any more adventure <laughs> plans. Uh, yes, we're done. Yeah. You we're know, done we now. Yeah. Yeah. To black. yeah. You, you won. Uh, the you other won. thing, um, my players on my Patreon community uh, did something to me recently where I had um, a vampire who was the big bad. He was an elder. He basically was Gaston from Beauty and the Beast. I say evil Gaston, although Gaston was evil. He's very evil Gaston. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Gaston he was is a dickhead. A vampire big game hunter. I expressly uh-huh. designed a vampire that the werewolf still needed to be afraid of. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he'd ended up being like the Terminator of them like running from him and being afraid yeah. of him and all this stuff. And, through completely different machinations about six months earlier, they'd come into the possession of a wish essentially. And what I didn't know is they literally spent a month and a half working amongst themselves to craft a wish in such a way that I could not turn it against them. Because even in D and D I'm very much from the twilight zone, monkey paw school of witchcraft. Like you will get exactly what you ask for, Mm. but you will get Mm -hmm. exactly what you ask for. Yeah. And they had worked for literally a month and a half and so they lured out my bad guy and i was prepared to start killing them because this was like the big the final you know the final face off with this dude Mm -hmm. and essentially what they did is they took his powers away (gasps) but they'd worded it so carefully and it's funny because they have all these pictures of me literally sitting here like you guys can't see me but i was deep in thought i literally was like (laughs) <laughs> and they took all these screenshots. I know this face. Like, I know that. And I know that face. Like, 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 what what can I do? There's gotta be a way. What's gotta, be, gotta be a way? You know? yeah. And I'm like, you know, and they got me. I'm I'm hard to trip up. I'm hard to trip up. Yeah. And to their credit, they got me. You know, and I was like, well, you know. You took his powers, and you then know, they literally hit him with a dump truck full of explosives and blew him up. That's literally what the, that was the <laughs> like I always say. Where is the C four? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Run him over and set off the bomb. That was the plan. Where and I was like, is you, the you guys got me. Those, those are those are my my two big moments. Would would be oh, those two. I love two. that. Yeah. Oh, I love be, I love being like a narky wish. <laughs> that's like, amazing. I, I did exactly the same thing with my my friends. We literally had a they had a wish, uh, and it was like uh, one of them had their like long. He basically long lost their friend, uh, <laughs> and they were like best friends, inseparable. Had died earlier in the campaign, and they were like, I just want to be close to my friend. And okay. It was first, and I and as soon <laughs> and as soon as they said it, I saw the player just like no 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 no. And I was like, ha, 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 oh no, it's too late. Mm-hmm. It's Don't too know. late. So they did get in some way what they wanted because their friend came back to life. It's sort of, but now they can only be ten feet apart, and your friend is undead. Yep. <laughs> so, Yay. Yeah. I was like, there's a, there's a that's where you're at. To skin that cat. I was like, yeah. no, both of you are in the shadow fell sucks. Like, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Like, like yep. in my, that went through in, my head as well. <laughs> in my game, like the big bad like descended. So like I've I've been using like you know like high elves and like um oath of vengeance paladins to, like represent like the colonizing forces in like my Vetrana game, and um my party members like completely totally flipped it on me because I'd forgotten that one of my party members is a high is like a high warlock and I'd forgotten 
that she could turn undead. So like I brought like I was like, okay, cool, like everyone's coming in. Um, this is what's happened, and like the big bad is gonna raise all these undead from the ground, and they're all like Hossa clan, like they're all in goody tribes, and like you're fighting your own ancestors. And then she just went, <clears throat> so um you gave me an object, you gave me the 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 calabash of Mbinganga. So um I'm gonna call Mbinganga and ask him to turn around the ancestors. And then my entire army was on against me. <laughs> and I was like, ah, yep. okay, go, 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 yep. go. Yeah. I've forgotten, I've forgotten. Yeah. I was great. Cool, 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 great, great, great. But it was great. fun, mm-hmm. but it was really, really fun. Because yep. like Shaka had like a great moment. It was awesome. And the thing is, yeah. I always think, I always look at my players and I go, okay, you have won this battle, but you have not won the war. war. And next okay. session, <laughs> strap in. I should yeah, have my in. revenge. Well, uh, funny yeah. this, this same dude with the black arrow, I had, um, they were given, um, they were given essentially an, an emergency teleportation spell, basically. It's like the gods yeah. will pull you back to the temple once. Yeah. And same thing, many, many months, many, many months down the way, they were, um, uh, they were fighting um, Asmodeus. And when Asmodeus wow. showed up, when yeah. he showed up, he, uh, no, it was Baphomet. They were fighting Baphomet. Um, mm. When he showed up, he split into five. So <gasps> all of them had to 1v1 Baphomet, which Whoa. not all, and all of them knew they weren't all going to survive because they couldn't yeah. all beat him. Yeah. And mm. I was like, here we go again. And this was like a, a pinnacle of the whole entire campaign. Um, they were there yeah. to get something in particular and like they came and they got it and then you know Bahamut was like you know hi you fell into my trap type thing you know roll yeah, initiative leaving. yeah and <laughs> yeah. he was like cool 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 I use the divine teleport and I'm like hmm because <laughs> again Sorry. nine months a year ago this happened he's like no we got what we're here for we're leaving because those again, fuckers like, remember right yeah. Sometimes they forget, like, <laughs> but, but they, they wait but like, to remember. They yeah. wait. They wait. Yeah. They you know, sit they there for sessions, the yeah. Yeah, being they... <laughs> ready for them to use that item, mm-hmm. and then they drop it on you the second you forget. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Yeah, that always reminds me of Jeremy yeah. creating a spell which gave you how many ninth, like ninth level spells did you? Oh give yeah, your I made, it was a, it was an <laughs> item that basically would hold uh, additional spell slots equal to your spellcaster level. It can only cast spells at the level that you could currently cast. So at level 20, theoretically, you'd have another 20 spell slots, and you could mm-hmm. use as many spell slots as you wanted to to cast a spell at whatever level you were capable of casting. So you could mm-hmm. theoretically at 20th level just cast three ninth level spells a day. Uh, yeah. Like massively OP, but the player <laughs> nice. never remembered that she had it. So she's constantly like, I'm trying to preserve spell slots. It's like, you know, you have like another eight spell slots. Spell slots. But the day she yeah, remembers like, is the mm-hmm. day yeah, yeah, that you yeah. are completely yeah. fucked. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Like yeah. I would like a, a number of meteor swarms is what is yeah, what I would like. Do you know what I mean? Thank you. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Just spamming um, meteor swarms. Yeah. Like, cause I just, I just gave, cause what I do, like I'm, I'm a bit weird. Like when I DM, like I'm like, I just, I just give my players party, like things to make them OP. Cause then it lets me be OP as well. So I'm like, yeah, cool. cool. We've gotten to a point in the story. I feel like it's the right point where you can get overpowered. Okay, cool. is going to come down and give you all this like ancestral power. Great. And you get all of the shit. I gave my artificer um, uh, the belt of hill giant strength. 
Um, and then I also gave him like a like a belt of holding for spells as well. It's like, yeah, I just, I just want to make them super overpowered and make yep. them feel comfortable. And then I'm so like, you can be merciless. So yep. I can be like, yeah, yeah, yeah I'm, exactly. I'm, I'm running another game for world builders next Friday, as of the yeah. time of this recording, with some very legendary players. And I'm like, level twenty, do your worst. And they're like, That's good. they're like, well, they're do like, it. well, can I? I'm like, you could do literally anything because I guarantee you I'm going to do my worst. And the reason why <laughs> I never fear player characters like with powerful builds and stuff, because I'm like, I will attack you with you. I'll attack you with five U's. Yeah. Like, whatever. Yep. Yeah. They're like, ooh, this yep. character's so strong. Really? Yeah. Roll initiative. There it is. There's six of him. Go. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. and that's what yes, I love Tiamat, in a game. So. Like, that's what I'm kind of looking for. Cause, like, I feel like, if, like, the few, like, my, my first initial games, um, I remember, like, I p- played my, one of my first, like, early games. And, like, one of the guys on the stream was like, oh, here, he, you know, you know, here's our, like, edgelord. And I was like, I'm not the edgelord. I, I I've just min maxed my character and it's fine. Um, just True. give me a moment, and then I kind of broke his game, and then I left because that was the plantation. That was that was the plantation. <laughs> oh, I broke oh, his yeah. game oh, before yeah. I left. Yeah, yeah. well, broke it. Broke it. That was on him. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Um. Well. Thank you so much for being here, B Dave. This has been great fun, and I'm really like amazingly like I I'm like my mind is reeling with all some of the things that you said. Uh, just like a really eloquent conversation about world building. As someone who is like I'm obsessed with world building, and yeah. I can only ever hope to create something a fraction of the things that you have made. Uh, so it really, honestly, is is um it's awesome to get to talk to you about this stuff. So, I'm gonna make uh, this yeah, keep voice. yeah. Uh, so keep killing it. I'm so excited to carry on with Into the Motherlands and everything else you're doing. So thanks so much and for being here. And, uh, and, and where can people find you? Tell us about your all of your different things. Uh, main things, follow me on Twitter, uh, at BDaveWalters. Uh, my DMs are open if you have any questions, want to talk about anything. Uh, if you say something crazy, I will roast you. Uh, cool. There is a, a pinned tweet right at the top uh, for both uh, Electropunk, which funded, and for my documentary, Dear America from Black Guy, which also funded, but you still can support either of those projects. Awesome. Uh, Dungeons Ooh. and Dragons, A Dark and Wish is available anywhere graphic novels are sold, uh, which is yeah. wild. Walking into Barnes awesome. & Noble and seeing my book on the shelves, which is dope. So um, cool. Incredible. I'm doing, definitely getting a copy. Just please, please do. I hope like you enjoy. right uh, now, like right now. And, uh, yeah, and, and I'm I'm somewhere doing something seven days a week. I don't even don't even try and keep up with it. Just follow me on Twitter. Yeah, and I'll tell you there. You'll know. Yeah. You'll know. Uh, I just I realized that I did not give a a, a proper shout out to my halfling freely. Um, halflings yeah. are strong and brave. I'm very tall for a halfling, yeah. and uh, yeah. you all are beautiful and important and wonderful. And uh, you know, I hope my luck spreads and makes your day better. You're amazing. Um, thank you so much. Like, that was amazing. Honestly, like when I watch VTM, like when I saw like people of color like at a table, like that for me like really solidified it, and I really joined the community even harder. Then, so thank you, B Day, for everything you've done, and also like specifically for me. I'm so sorry. I'm like I'm still fangirling. Oh my god, <laughs> like, I'm fangirling so hard. Live your best life, you know. Thank Jasper. Thank Jeremy. You know, you guys are advancing the community just by doing what you're doing here. So. Thank you guys for, for making this happen. That means a lot coming from you. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Thank you um, so much. And we will so, see so you very soon. So long, Shia folks. So long, so long Shia folks. Squeeze!